You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to this episode of Big Drive Energy. I am your host, Big Drive Spence, here with my brother, best friend, golfing buddy, Pally. Um, any other weird nicknames we've called each other? Mitchell Smith at Big Drive Mitch. What's up, dude? How are you doing tonight? I am doing great, man. Drinking a cocktail, uh, just hanging out, ready to watch a little Sony Open this week. It's always a fun week watching over in Hawaii. So, um, yeah, everything's good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good, dude. Yeah, those picks we tweeted from the DNVR golf account today of, of YLA. YLA. How do you pronounce it correctly? Um, while I, while I, dude, that course fucked me up. That shit is so nice. Yeah, it's so actually, uh, kind of a fun fact they flip the nines for the tournament so they can finish like into the setting sun. Really? Yeah. Well, that's incredible. Well, real quick, before, uh, while we're talking about flip, that shit is incredible. We're gonna, that shit incredible. While we're uh, talking about flipping nines, that reminds me, uh, do, we're going to do a little self-plug here. Remind uh, remind you guys, if you're listening to this podcast, you enjoy our stuff. We also write course reviews every week. Um, we just released one on Pine Creek. We've done, what, TPC Colorado, Kings Deer, um, City Park, Valley of Fun. I did one for Whistling Straits. We did Arrowhead. one Arrowhead, Kiwa Island. So make sure you guys are checking those out at thednvr.com. We, we basically just do those for you guys to kind of get a, a little more knowledge of the course if you were thinking about going and get a tea time out there. You know, we give you the price. We give you the course condition, the facility, 
So it kind of gives you a little bit more of an idea of what you're getting into before you get out there if you've never played. So it is pretty cool. Yeah, and we're not like sponsor. I mean, of course, we were biased on our Spring Valley one because that's where we make a living. But overall, like, we're not biased. We'll tell you exactly how it is. We don't fluff it. If something sucks at a course, like the one I did on Pine Creek today, the range is not great. Their facilities aren't great. And and I gave them a little two-flag review out of five. So we're not going to fluff it up for you guys. We're just going to give it to you how it is. And we're trying to get... Yeah, like like Arrowhead's way overpriced. Yeah, exactly. Like Arrowhead's great views, right? And that's one of our categories. We kind of did it differently than maybe other course reviews you've seen out there. Uh, We do it based on you know some like views from the golf course views um you know where where the golf course is the facilities the everything so we talk about the value and you know in some courses we you know price value is not necessarily the price um there's there is a certain price on golf that just no matter what can't you can't see a good value but value is also how good of golf you're getting you know a 69 dollar course like pine creek on the weekday eh, a $69 course like Arrowhead, TPC Colorado. TPC Colorado, that's good value. So we get into all that stuff in our course reviews, so make sure you check those out at ddnvr.com. Go to the other tab, Golf, and that's where all our course reviews will be. And if you're checking it out in the app, it's under Golf in the other category as well. So we're with gaming and all that good kind of stuff. So make sure you check those out. We do put a lot of work into those. And just give you guys a real unbiased opinion of the course from us. And, and these are only courses we've played. We're not giving you guys bullshit um, reading the course website and telling you what we think the course is like. We're actually playing these courses and have been there multiple times. So, For sure, for sure. Uh, so today what we are going to get into a little bit, uh, we are going to do dream our dream foursomes. So we're going to kind of break it down just a little bit. Um, we are going to go our dream foursome for any tour player so basically our three favorite tour players past or present that we would want to play in a foursome with and then we are going to do non-golfers so celebrities other athletes of other kinds um basically anyone you could think of uh and it'll kind of give you a little bit more insight into what we look for in a golf partner um you know and it's, it's not about it's it's about quality around it's really it's not about uh who can beat who or anything like that it's just about who do you think you'd have the most fun with or or want to to watch them play golf basically so well yeah and uh, that's that, real quick i'm sorry to interrupt you but that's important because like us being golf pros this sounds like a big dick comment but it's not like a lot of people want to play golf with us they're like oh you're a golf pro like let's go play and then like and, and I don't care if I'm playing with a 25 handicap, someone that's never played golf. If they're a good time, I'm going to have a good time. And I and at the same token, I don't care if they're a scratch golfer. If they're a douchebag, they're a douchebag, and I don't enjoy playing with them. So I don't play with golf with people based on the people that I think will be fun to bet or fun this or that. I just play golf with people that I enjoy the time with, and that's how golf should be. That's why we're here, essentially. Yeah, and a lot of times, actually, when you get with better players, especially when they – they get around us, like, say, not trying to toot our own horns, like you were saying, but if a member, like, at Spring Valley asks us to play and we go out and play with them, for some reason it makes them nervous. I mean, everyone gets nervous around somebody, you know, at, at any level, but some people get nervous around us, so they take even longer. Like, they stand over shots for forever, and it's like, that's really not necessary. I mean, you, like you said, 
what we really look for in, in partners or golf buddies is not how good players they are. It's more just how much fun we can have with them. So, all right, Spencer, I'm going to let you start it off. So we'll, we'll go with uh, two or players only first, past or present. We'll go one by one. So, um, who is your first? And I, I think it's kind of the low hanging fruit here, but I'll let you go for it anyway. Um, so can we, can we, or can we not take the same players? That's my first question before we get into Um, let's do, no, you can't take the same players. Hypothetically, we're playing in an eight sum. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So there's not two of one player. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Well, I will take the easy, I'll take the low hanging fruit then. I'm going to go Tiger Woods. Um, and for more than just a fact that I think he's, I mean, we can argue that he's the best golfer ever. Maybe that's for a separate podcast, but Tiger's truly the one that got me into golf. And I think I've said this on the podcast before, but Tiger's the guy that I'll be honest with you guys. Like I don't watch now that we do DNVR golf and we're more into the golf scene and sharing it with people. I don't watch a ton of golf normally. And even, I think it was, what, two years ago when he finally started making a comeback and he won a couple tournaments at the end of the year, started playing again, finally got over all his back issues. I started watching golf more, and, and he moves the needle for every 75 to 80% of people watching golf in the last 20 years. He's the one that's like, I don't care if he's, like, shooting over par. I'm watching if he's playing. You know, you don't expect him to shoot over par, but, like, I'll still watch him hit golf shots just because of how great he is, you know? and No doubt. I, I would argue that there is some downside to his coverage and him playing. As much as I, I love watching the dude when he's playing good golf, but they televise him, like, if they could take a camera into the bathroom, they would. They, they literally have a camera on him the entire time, even when he's not in contention. And, I mean, it is electric must-see TV because it's, it's the GOAT, like... If you get a chance to watch the best play, well, arguably, we'll leave that for another time, but arguably, definitely top two players of all time, um, they just cover, they, they almost over-cover him. So it, it, there's times where you'll have a guy in contention that's a smaller name, um, say a JT Poston, that, that name will come up later in the pod. Or somebody like that, uh, just kind of a no-name type of dude, relatively speaking. He could be two shots off the lead, a shot off the lead. And, like, borderline 59 watch, he's going super deep. And you see, like, three of his shots all day. And they televise, like, three-quarters of Tiger's round and watch him shoot 78. Um, one thing that I did enjoy, though, was, like, when he came back for the um, – phoenix open a few years back and like he had the yips so bad um he i think he was shanking it he was he couldn't chip like he literally could not chip everything was just going directly right uh like 90 degrees right so that's pretty fun to watch um i don't care who you are we've we've talked about that as much as it is fun watching good golf it's also pretty fun watching tour players play bad golf but yeah tiger unbelievable um i would love to just see how he puts it i would love to see how he he uh strikes his irons that would be pretty unreal yeah and he like you said though i totally agree with that like the masters i got a little annoyed at some point where they were like once he made the 10 on 12 it was like all right he's out um, yeah. but, but the cover, but and, and then still they talked about his six birdies or five birdies because in a row because it had never been done which is impressive don't get me wrong but 
it does he does like dominate the coverage and there's like they should just have like a tiger channel that just shows every one of his shots they have so much coverage of so like so many different channels to cover golf now especially like the masters that they should just have his own channel um and then let everybody else watch like because like you said it just over it becomes overkill when you're watching every single one of his shots and he's two under and dj's 20 under and they're like oh yeah it's dj again you know like kind of that kind of exactly no doubt and i will say that from a fun perspective like tiger's one of those guys where it'd be a lot of fun to watch him play obviously he's like we just said he's one of the best ever but i don't know how much fun he'd be to play with um i i feel like i'd kind of be walking over with like my guys that i i'm about to pick like bullshitting and having a few laughs maybe even cracking a beer if it's a casual round and tiger would be over there like just locked in just in his zone um, maybe we could slip him a couple of drugs and he'd loosen up a little bit, you know, that maybe make it a little bit more fun, but I don't know. He, he seems a little too stiff. Obviously I'd want to play with him, but he seems a little stiff to have too much fun with. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. And that's not something you want to be around when you're having an enjoyable casual round. It, exactly. No doubt. Um, so my first pick is going to be Rory McIlroy. Um, he just seems like a really f- easygoing, fun-loving dude. Uh, doesn't take himself too seriously, but I would just want to watch him drive the ball. Like that dude is like a cheat code when it comes to driving the ball. If you watch his flight tracers, it just looks like he's got it on a frozen rope. You can hang fucking clothes on it, and it's getting out there like three thirty, three forty, and and that's I mean Dustin Johnson, guys like that. Um, there's just so many good drivers of the ball, but to have such command over that club, swinging it that fast, like is almost unheard of. And I think golf is working more towards that where there's more guys who can swing it hard because they, they train their body to swing so hard every time that they, they over speed train basically because guys back in the day, if they wanted more control, they'd actually swing it a little softer. These guys nowadays on tour are training themselves to have all that control while swinging as hard as they can. So not, not necessarily as hard as they can. They're not like spinning out of their shoes or anything, but um, they're, they're definitely, yeah, exactly. No shit, but they're definitely swinging hard. They're not taking anything off of it by any means. And they're hitting it just so fucking straight. It blows my mind because I'm a straight hitter, but those guys are 70, literally at sea level 70 yards by me. So, um, I would love to see Rory McIlroy and just how he, how he operates. Uh, I'd probably be a better putter than him. Honestly, I could probably beat him in a game of sevens. So I'd take a little scratch off him then. Um, but just a fun dude to play with. And I just love to see his game. It's, it's unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, something I like that you said at the beginning was, uh, he's an easy going and like, and like doesn't take himself too seriously. And that's what I think is really cool about our generation of golfers. Of course, you're going to have the Bryson's out there and stuff like that. But like DJ who just dominated the masters in any form, like doesn't, it almost seems like he doesn't care about golf. And it's kind of like disrespectful to people that like are trying to be good with all their might. And then Dustin shows up and is just as good as he is. But the fact that they realize they're playing golf for a job, um, it's kind of like that home, like feeling of like JJ Watt the other day is kind of a totally different topic, but he's like, we're play the, we play football for work. Like it's kind of that same scenario. They understand what they're doing and how lucky they are and they don't take it too seriously and take themselves too seriously. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think what's cool too, and I think you and I have a little bit of this, or at least I do. You get you, you are very competitive, but when you get really competitive, I, I think you get fairly serious. Um, but there's a lot of guys I feel like that are out there now that can be really competitive but also not overly like clinched up like they're they're walking around just super tight all day they don't want to talk to anyone you know they they can have a a casual conversation and then once they get up to their shot they get their number they get locked in they step up and they hit it and, and they're focused that entire time but in between shots they can have a laugh with their buddies and and that's the other thing too is out on tour um well, I, I don't know how many friends. I feel like there's cliques of friends, but a lot of guys have a lot of buddies out there. So if they get to play with one of their buddies, they they have a good time, you know. And there's certain people I'm sure they don't want to play with, and certain people they do. But Rory just seems like one of those kinds of guys that can get along with anyone. He's he's not like you said too serious, too off putting by any means. Um, and just watching him pump it out there 350 because he's legit like 5'7 or 5'8 I just don't know how he and he probably weighs like 150 I don't know how he does what he does and same with Justin Thomas I mean they both move it like crazy so I just think uh, Rory would be quite a bit of fun to play with Um, all right Spence who's your number two guy Uh, I'm gonna go with another low-hanging fruit and just kind of embodies all that we've talked about but I'm gonna go with John Daly Um, okay he just seems like, I mean, you don't even have to, I don't even have to try to explain to you what he's about. Um, yeah. We heard a lot of info from uh, Eric on our podcast a couple of months ago, uh, some inside info on, on the legend that is John Daly. And, I mean, he, the guy has an alcoholic drink named after him. Like, how could you not want to play golf with a dude like that? Swings hard, wears sometimes no shoes, shorts, smokes cigarettes, drinking before the round. That's just like, seems like our kind of dude. Like, if we could just pick two other dudes between the two of us, just to go have a good round with, I think John Daly would be up there for me. Oh, for sure, man. I, I don't think I could think of a more fun guy to go out and play 18 holes with, and I could give a shit less where it is. And from a, a, a standpoint, too, of his swing is so unique, but he's such a good ball striker, and he puts it so well, too, and it's just unconventional, but that's just raw talent. Like, there's certain guys that just have it, and he's had it for about 35 years now so he's uh he's got that going for him and maybe he could sing us a song on his guitar afterwards you know a little dinner and a show with john daly get a little fucked up maybe do some oh dude we even touch on gambling imagine the games you could get on the course with that dude oh my lord i just don't even know if that i'd be out my wall would be empty he'd be taking the title to both of our houses by the end of it for sure yeah it oh yeah (laughs) exactly we'd be hosed my car would be gone. My house would be gone. He, he just doesn't give a shit. Or I could beat him. Maybe I'd get him a little fucked up. But um, that's a, another thought for another time. Um, all right. So my number two, I got to go with uh, Kevin Kisner because that dude just seems like such a fucking hoot to play with. And he's kind of low-key cocky. I mean, all those guys are. But it's just funny because – he absolutely knows how good he is and how how good he's not. Like, he knows he's a, a top 50 player in the world, but he knows that there's absolutely certain tournaments he cannot win. Actually, there's a quote that just came out from him today um, where a reporter was like, so you don't 
she was like, well, you got to think you can win anywhere, right? And he's like, no, I don't. And she goes, well, why would you play then? He's like, because they pay pretty damn good for 20th. So That's awesome. Just, yeah, he knows, like, I mean, he went through all the majors last year on a, another podcast, and they're like, you think you can win the Masters? He's like, nope. You think you can win the U.S. Open? Nope. You think you can win the PGA Championship? Maybe. You think you can win the British? Maybe, probably not. Like, he knows that he can't go out there and compete with some of these dudes. And I wouldn't say that. He can compete, but beating them and, and playing to that level, I just don't think that's something he's necessarily even interested in. Like, he is so all about enjoying rounds with his buddies. And he's got a shitload of money now. I think he's probably north of, uh, probably in the 15 to $20 million range on career earned money. And that's not including um, all the sponsorship deals and ad deals he's got. So he's got plenty of money. He gets to travel the world for a living. And he just appreciates all the time he has. And, but at the same time, he's that kind of dude that would chirp you on the tee box and be like, hey, don't fucking duck hook it into the trees over here. You know, just just talk shit to you and give you those those little jabs that, like, I am infamous for. Um, I love talking shit to people and, and salting the wound, especially if we're getting into it a little bit. And it's, it's nothing too serious, but I just think him and I could have a good back and forth a little bit. He'd whoop my ass for sure, but... Um, it would just be fun to chirp him and, and get a little chirp in return. So, uh, all right, Spencer, let's let's hear your number three player. All right, I think my number three player is a little out of left field. Uh, he really stole my heart, and we'll talk about him a little bit later when we preview the Sony Open. But uh, our cousin Cam, Cam Smith, uh, current PGA Tour player, got second or third in the Masters, won the, uh, uh, the Sony Open, which is coming up this weekend last year. Uh, just seems like a cool dude, and he's from Australia, and like that to me, I could listen to someone from Australia talk for hours without even. I don't care if it's a dude, girl, whatever. Um, any any sort of person from Australia with that accent, you could, you, you could get seduced by Cam Smith I, I easily. Bet. It was shitty mustache, great mullet. Now, oh my god, it's looking so good. And I'm looking at mine here in our little Zoom call, and it just looks so pure. And now looking at his mullet, and I love like the quote he had about it. He was just like, "Yeah, I just saw some of the rugby boys doing it." And this is a terrible Australian accent, but um, he's like, "I saw some of the rugby boys doing it, and just figured I'd fucking start growing it." And now I keep cutting it and growing it. I love it, and that's like the exact. That's like me. That's exactly what I started doing. I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna fucking be Joe Exotic for Halloween. I'm gonna grow this mullet." And now I'm like, "God damn, I don't think I ever want to get rid of this thing. It's it's just." When, when the, I, I, I like that pick. There, there's no time to mull it over. It's just that you know, it fucking. <laughs> wow. <laughs> when you got when you got this kind of when you got this kind of lettuce growing, you gotta let it fly, man. You gotta let it fly. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you, man. I, I haven't gotten to that point yet, but maybe I uh, maybe I'll dabble this summer. We'll see what happens. Well, and real quick, uh, I'll finish up. You know, other than the fact he's Australian, he's like seems like my kind of dude. He wears like the penguin shit. Like he wear he he doesn't look like Justin Rose at the Masters and all his black or any of those other dudes. Like he's wearing fucking penguin shit. He's pulling shots completely out of his ass all tournament. Just just grinding. Just making something out of nothing. Making birdies from behind the trees and t club twirling and sitting on the ground. I mean, just like a dude that I would love to play around with. Oh, a hundred percent, man. I I totally agree with you. He's just. Uh... 
electric, and he's such a good putter. I mean, you could definitely get a lesson or two from him on on the short game. But you probably hit about as far as he does, so that's a little feather in your cap there. Um, my number three guy, and it it's a little off the beaten path too, but I got to go with an Irishman here. Oh, well, I'm sorry. This is a second Irishman because Rory, but Rory's not your run of the mill Irishman. Like this guy is just your an Irish guy you could sit down and drink twelve beers with, watch a game of of soccer, watch a game of whatever sport, and they're just like so passionate about it. Um, just a, a a guy who just seems like you're kind of. Uh, I wouldn't say an average dude, but he's he's a little chunky, he's a little thick like me, so I like that. Um, he's just cracks up all the time. He's always hanging out with his buddies. I follow him on Instagram. Um, but for my my third guy to round out or force him, I'm going with Shane Lowry, the uh, the the big Irishman. Um, he has got a, a shitload of game, obviously, but he's very very homegrown. His swing is not typical to a tour player. Um, he was actually the youngest amateur, youngest player to ever win on the European Tour. I want to say he won the Irish Open in like 2010 when he was like 17, or t- 2008 when he was like 17 or some shit like that. Um, he was still an amateur at the time, so he had a, a real solid game from a very young age. But he uh, he just seems like he never takes himself too serious and. He could pound a shitload of beer, and he'd be a lot of fun, really fun-loving guy to play with. And I got to throw in one other guy um, that would be a blast to play with, at least if not drink with, um, Eddie Pepperall. You've probably seen him on Twitter. A lot of guys, if you follow golf at all on Twitter, he tweets some of the funniest shit I've ever seen. And the he's the epitome of not taking himself too serious. Like, he... Uh, I don't know if he was joking or not, but he tweeted out when they were over in Dubai. He said, I just put a 48-inch driver in the bag. If you if you own a, a property on Jeremiah's States, board it up. <laughs> but he, he knew he was going to be spraying it. He doesn't hit it a very long way. Um, he pokes fun at his own uh, form all the time on Twitter. And he's a big dog guy. He's got two like pointers that seem really cool. He's just a real down-to-earth kind of dude. You could definitely go out, have a round 18, have a bunch of fun, and then go drink a bunch of beers or whatever you're drinking afterwards. So I had to definitely throw him in at the end. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great foursome, man. Well, going on to our current athletes or any athletes, I'll let you take the first one since I got a low-hanging fruit. I got a couple of them, but... I'll give you the first choice in your dream foursome of current athletes that are non-golfers or non-professional golfers, I should say. Well, so I know, I think one of us would probably pick one or the other. Um, I think they're two familiar quarterbacks in in Denver. Uh, I could be wrong, but I'm going to go Peyton Manning first. Uh, I would say John Elway, but he just, I think Peyton would be a little bit more fun. Uh, the dude is like, he, I feel like he could be a comedian. Um, he's always cracking jokes. He's always saying some funny shit. And he's got some game too, man. I think he's uh, probably one of the best seven handicaps I ever witnessed. Um, especially during that match with Tom and and Phil uh, and Tiger. Well, yeah, that was the four, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he kind of carried Phil there for a little bit. In all honesty, I I was pretty surprised. Like that shot he hit on that par three, I was like, especially after Tom Brady. Well, no, it was hit. Tiger. It was Tiger and Peyton. Was it Tiger and Peyton? Yeah, it was Tiger and Peyton versus Phil and Tom. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he definitely carried Tiger then, because didn't Tiger play like shit? I think he hit every fairway, but I don't think he made a single birdie, or it was very rare that he did. Yeah, I, I, I know that there was a point where I thought that uh, Peyton Manning was a better player than Tiger Woods for about a six-hole stretch of that golf tournament. So, and another fun fact about Peyton that's kind of cool: he just bought a golf course out in Tennessee that's called Sweetens Cove. Like last year, I want to say, but it's one of the only nine-hole golf courses that is on um golf digest top 100 it's a just a super pure little track down in southern tennessee and so there's actually a company a whiskey uh distillery called sweetens cove whiskey and he bought the the company he bought the golf course and the whiskey distillery so he owns sweetens cove golf course and sweetens cove whiskey and uh there's a tradition down there. If you ever get out to that area, you got to go play it. Um, it's like, I think it's walking only. No, there, I think there's carts, whatever. But uh, the tradition is you have to take a shot of whiskey on the first tee before you tee off. They have a, a whole cart table lined up, but just uh, little Dixie cups with shots of, um, shots of the Sweetens Cove whiskey in there. And you have to take a shot before. So it'd be pretty hard to have too much of a serious round with a guy that, owns a course that makes you take a shot of whiskey on the first tee so i think he would be a lot of fun and just to hear about some of the stories about his career and and he never takes himself too lightly i want to ask him a little bit about eli and just being so much better than him his whole career what that was like uh just being being the, the shining star of the family um given that i could kind of relate to that so i feel like we could kind of <laughs> jesus I feel like we could bounce it off each other a little bit, so... Figure out how to cope with that. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough job if somebody's got to do it, so... Um, all right, Spencer, who's your first pick? Oh, well, real quick, I want to say on Peyton Manning, too, I heard this from the Bridgestone rep um, out here in Colorado, because obviously Peyton still lives in Denver. It's the greatest city in the world, fuck Indiana. Um, but... He, <laughs> Before Shout the, out to all our boys in Indiana. Yeah, but sorry, but Denver. Denver's, Denver is ten times better than Indiana. Yeah, and so uh, Peyton before that before that match with Tiger and Phil and and Tom, he was actually out grinding. He was the only one on the range at Cherry Hills, hitting balls in the rain, um, and working on his game. Literally the only person out there on like a midsummer day, midsummer afternoon in the rain. That's how much he cares about being good, and that's what's so much fun about him in general is just like he's he's just a blast and all right so my my first athlete I, I don't I've just always been a big fan of this guy ever since he got to the MLB I heard he's a hell of a stick um, there's a, a small to fair chance that at some point we get to have him on this podcast which would be huge for us that's a swing that's a that's a Nolan Arenado down the left field line style home run from us but Kyle Freeland man he's just He's our age, so I relate to him. Um, he's from Colorado, like us. He loves the Denver sports teams. He's big fan of DNVR, like a lot of you know. He's just a good dude, and um, he's a hell of a golfer. He loves to play golf, and those are the guys that I like. Like 
Like, I'd love to play golf with certain, you know, like Michael Jordan's not a good example because he loves golf, but there's a lot of athletes out there that don't even care for golf. Like, when we judge the Nuggets in their golf swings earlier or this past year on the DNVR Nuggets show, uh, clearly none of them other than maybe Paul Millsap are really interested in golfing. Um, But mostly... I would I would probably say like it's more fun to play with somebody if they're not too competitive, which Kyle probably is, but they can also have fun out on the golf course because they know it's not their real job and they get paid millions to do something else. So Kyle Freeland is definitely one of my first picks. Yeah, I would definitely say that's uh, that's up there. Um, I, I also love Kyle Freeland. You know, you got to root on your hometown boys. Seems like just such a super cool, down to earth dude. Uh, and like you said, he's a pretty good stick, isn't he? A southpaw. Doesn't he swing lefty? Yeah, no, I actually think he golf's righty though. I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know for sure. I can't I can't that say. Golf is another weird sport where a lot of people like Phil Mickelson, if you don't if people don't know this, Phil Mickelson does everything else right handed but golf. Um, he writes right handed, throws a football, blah blah blah. Everything right handed except for golf. So golf is kinda of one of those things where um, and I actually heard a story today, I was listening to another podcast. And one of the hockey players, um, he tees off, and this is something I've never heard. Um, he's an NHL player. He tees off uh, right-handed and hits all of his other clubs left-handed. Really? Like, <laughs> like yeah. what? That is, that is that's like, that I've literally never like heard of that. Of none kind of thing. Like, why can you not narrow it down to just one swing on one side, you know? Like, that, that is truly unbelievable to me. But, yeah, I, I think that – I feel like I've seen Kyle, a video of Kyle, um, left-handed for some reason. But I, I could be wrong. I mean, and all those pitchers are such good sticks. They get all the days off. Like, imagine that job of being a starting pitcher in the MLB. It, don't get me wrong. It's grueling. It's a long schedule. But you're making, what, between 30 and 32 starts a year, 33 um, and that's if you're healthy all season, and obviously you want to stay healthy, but they've got a lot of downtime. They're out on the range. I honestly think that we should try to get Kyle down in Scottsdale. Um, maybe, I don't know if it would work in the next few months, but down the road we should get him down in Scottsdale before or during spring training. I think that would be badass. Um, get him out there in the desert because I think he's got a house down in uh, Scottsdale and a place up here in, in Denver. So that would be really cool. Um, I would, another guy I would pick, I would go with Tony Romo. Um, and it's kind of a, a weird thing. Like, I didn't love him as a quarterback. He's probably, like, the, the most average-ass, like, superstar ever in NHL, excuse me, NFL history, simply because he played for the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are dog shit. They're overrated. Um, every single year, count it every single year, but simply because I know he's a really good stick, he seems like he'd be a lot of fun, like, just to pick his brain about football, um, I think he's one of the best announcers I've ever heard, for sure, if not right up there, he just, the way he, he picks apart plays before they even happen, um, I just am enamored with the way the dude calls football games. And a quick story on Romo. Um, so I played in a tournament with uh, a guy that he's from the Dallas area. This guy was a real good stick. He's won 
50 plus times, um, 50 plus professional events. He's been on the web.com. He Monday qualified for a few, few PGA tour events. And now I think he might be out on the champions tour. I played with him like four or five years ago and he was just about to turn 50. So, um, but the guy is super, super good. I want to say his name is Ben Sauls and, uh, He's a real, real good stick, and he would play Cowboy Club with Romo. And another baseball player, he was a retired baseball player, I I couldn't remember um, who it was, but those three would go play money games. And Romo was just so competitive that he would just, like, because Ben would would usually beat him, but he said that, that Tony would just press him out of play, like, Tony would be up to $100,000 a hole. Like, that's the kind of extreme shit they would get to out there. Um, So him and this former MLB pitcher would just go at it, and Ben was like, I just stand to the side and play my game and make a few birdies and watch them gamble hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, how much fun would that be to be a fly on the wall for some shit like that? Like, if I had... If I had the bankroll, I'd be out there in a hot second with Tony. That'd be a blast. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's it's not obviously televised or as public as some things are in the in professional sports, but the amount of money that's gambled on, like, planes and, like, plane rides to games and golf rounds between professional athletes would make people, like, shudder. They're all degenerates, yeah. Like, that's why... Michael Jordan loves to gamble so much, or I'm sorry, loves to golf so much because legitimately all he does on the golf course is gamble. Like, you can't get him out there for less than, I'm sure, 10, 5, 10 grand. You know, that's just how they roll. And he, uh, that's what gets the juices flowing. And they all love to gamble. Um, I heard JJ Hickson ended up in jail, kind of a side note. He gambled away like his entire NBA fortune. You, you don't like to see that, you know. Uh, 1-800-GAMBLER if you got a problem, but um, those guys love to gamble. We love to gamble, so it'd be fun to get out there and, and throw a little money on the table with those boys and, and see what we can take them for, you know? Oh, dude, it'd be, uh, yeah, like if if we could put up that kind of money, um, it would be so much fun. It would be such a rush. Like it, at, at the point we're at in our lives, it would be more of just scary um, but overall, that would be such a rush to play for, like, stupid stacks like that. Oh, 100%. And I actually, in a lot of mini-tour events I've played in, there's guys who gamble more than the purse is worth. Like, I heard a couple of guys, this guy named, I think his name was Monty Montgomery. He had played, he had been out on tour at a time, and he was kicking it around, like, on the mini-tours in his 40s. And him and this other dude, um, I think they, they bet, like, I want to say five hundred bucks a round on the on all three or four rounds. Like they just play head to head, and I'm sure he had about seven or eight other bets out there with, with his buddies. Like they gamble probably four or five grand a week on top of their entry fee just to make a little extra money because that's how good they are. You know, one of them's going to go out and shoot sixty five. One's going to shoot sixty four, and those guys, like you said, they're degenerate gamblers and. Uh, it'd be fun to get those guys in a casino or out on the golf course on a hundred percent. So yeah, uh, I will ask you Spencer, who's your number two guy? Well, this one is going uh, against what I basically just said about them being a good golfer. I doubt this dude's ever touched a golf club or even know what one looks like, 
but I can confidently say this, and I would say this to anyone. My favorite all-time Denver athlete, and he's only been here for five years, but it's 100% Nikola Jokic. And the way he, it's just not it, nothing to do with how great he is at basketball. He should be the MVP of the league so far. He's not getting any love for that, whatever. That's a different topic for the DNBA guys to talk about. But the just his like like easygoing personality. I'll never forget last was it last year two ab seasons ago. I was drunk as hell and he's sitting two rows behind me and I just went up there, put my arm around him. I was so hammered, but he just talked to me like I was a normal person. I'm three years older than the dude, two years older than the dude. And he just talked to me for ten minutes, the whole intermission. He didn't care. He didn't like look annoyed, nothing. And uh, it's just he's literally he will go down as my favorite athlete of all time. I, I think. Well, he, he, didn't he grab your phone to take a selfie? With yeah, you? He, I was like, dude, can we get a picture? And he just snatched my phone out of my hand, like took like six selfies. Like that's still my picture on Instagram. <laughs> like it will. I don't think it'll ever come out. And like, I feel you. He's just a legend, dude. Like even if he was a mediocre basketball player, just the way he acts, man, he's just a complete legend. So Nikola Jokic would definitely be in my my foursome. Okay, I like that. Um, I'm having kind of a tough time with my third, and this might come as a little controversial, and I'm not saying I endorse this guy whatsoever, but I'd like to play with Donald Trump just to see how good of a player he actually is. You know, a lot of shit has come out with, like, I think his handicap, his index says he's, like, a three, but he's just that kind of dude that you would love to just be like, that's not good, Make hit that, make that. And he'd be like, oh, fuck you, you know, and he, he'd probably own the course we were playing at, so um, it'd be kind of hard to hold his feet to the fire if he can fucking kick you off the property. Um, but I think he'd be kind of interesting. I don't really like the dude by any means, and I, like I said, I don't endorse him politically, but I think that would just be, like, iconic, you know, to be on the tee with Donald Trump. Oh, it'd like, be, yeah, you'd have security, like, all around oh, yeah. you and shit like it'd be it'd be just an, a whole ass experience in general right exactly it wouldn't even necessarily be the golf and i'd i'd for sure beat him and he wouldn't be very happy about it but maybe i could take a little bit of his money too that'd be a good time i know he's got a few bucks so. <laughs> yeah exactly uh i'm gonna wrap my foursome up with another denver athlete um a little out of not out of the box he's also a good player um i would love to get a match with him at some point uh, but brandon mcmanus just because Brandon McManus fits that kind of vibe where it's like, you're, he's cool, he's probably competitive, he's a good player, he plays out at Colorado Golf Club, or our boy Michael, who's been on the pod with us before, uh, caddies, and Brandon just seems like a chill dude, like, when he has a bad game, like, he went on Twitter this year and was like, Brandon McManus sucked today, and just like, he just seems like a chill dude, like, doesn't take yeah, himself like, too seriously. Yeah, with, drink a beer with, you know, and... Like, not overly competitive, like you said, but just good enough to, like, have a little action on it. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's just a good time. Like, he, he just seems like a guy that, would, like you said, would be a fun a fun dude to play with. For sure. I was actually debating on that. Um, I wonder if he, he has the snap hooks in his golf game like he does off the fucking, off the kicking tee. Dude, yeah, he was, uh, he was a bit, he was struggling a bit. At the end yeah, of the year, it was that, like, dude, that, I, I never counted on him missing a kick. Like, every kick inside of 55, I was like, it's good. And 55 to 65, I was like, he's got a good chance. Yeah, for sure. They, uh, Yeah, I, I just don't agree with um, the coaching decisions around that, but that's a, a topic for a different podcast. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I would love to play with Brandon McManus. Yeah, Brandon's a legend. He's the GOAT. Um, before and we get... Actually, oh, real quick, I'm sorry. Um, didn't... 
Brendan Connolly, I think, caddied for him, and he said he bombs it. Like, I, a lot of those guys are freak athletes, you know, so they, even the kickers, um, they're freak athletes. So I think McManus can get it out there like 320, 330, which wouldn't shock me. You know, he's fucking chiseled. With a beard like that, he probably swings it like a lumberjack, so. Yeah, well, and that's that's the thing, like, he's kind of got that, that thing you talked about earlier with, like, starting pitchers, like a kicker. Yeah, they go to practice and stuff, but they, they don't have to learn plays. They literally do one job, and they have to focus on that, and that's it. Do your job. Do your job. All right. Before we get into kind of recapping what happened last week in the Century Tournament of Champions and give you guys our DraftKings Sportsbook Pick of the Weeks for this week in the Sony Open, also in Hawaii, a little, a little Hawaii swing. Um on the PGA Tour to start the year, as always. Uh, we want to tell you guys about DraftKings Sportsbook. So DraftKings, um, as we gave you our picks last week, they're awesome to bet with golf, with any other sport. They have so many options, so many props. And you guys, even though holiday season's over, uh, a true Den- DNVR and Denver sports fans, holiday season's just beginning. The Avs start this week. Um, America's top-rated sportsbook, DraftKings Sportsbook, 100%. The way to go. Uh, if, you, if you've ever logged in, if you haven't, get on there now. Use our code DNVR. But they're giving all new players the chance to bet on any of this weekend's professional football games at 100 to 1 odds. All you have to do is bet a dollar, you get 100, you build that bankroll, and you go on from there with the rest of the NFL playoffs, NHL, NBA, all that stuff. It's safe, reliable, makes it easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So whenever you want to take it out, um, you can take it out whenever you want to deposit. It takes two seconds. I made another deposit this morning. I'm not proud of it, but we'll, we'll just say I did. Um, so download the, the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up and get 101 odds on any football game this weekend. DNVR for new players shot at 101 odds on any football game this weekend for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. I might, I might have to get that number from you. Yeah, I got, I got that on speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so a quick recap of the uh, Century Tournament of Champions. Always a fun tournament like we talked about last week because there's a lot of winners. Uh, there you have to be a winner to make that tournament. So a stacked field. Uh, good to see a guy like Harris, Harris English win it. Um, just cool because, like golf, we've talked about it before. It's especially in the professional ranks. It's a lot different than any other sport. And Harris English hasn't won since 2013. And I was doing a little research today. Like that's like Wes Welker played for the Broncos in 2013. That's like him catching a touchdown pass then and coming back to the Broncos now when he's been a coach for like three years and catching a touchdown pass for a game winning a game winning touchdown pass now. So it's cool to see a guy that's been out, uh, hasn't won in seven years essentially, and just made his way back, focused, won, you know, and won the Century Tournament champions in a playoff. So shouts out to Harris English. Um, didn't yeah, we, neither of us had him to win, so sorry about that. But we did hit uh, combined Justin Thomas, my bet, plus uh, 140 for the top five. And real quick, uh, Joaquin Neiman, I think it's how you pronounce it. The dude's like 21 years old, I think. He's just stupid good. And he doesn't really bomb it. I mean, he's really athletic. He's like Gumby Bendy. Like, you see some of the positions he gets into and you the golf swing, you're like, holy shit. Like, I think my spine would literally break in half. Um, but he shot nine under 
on Sunday to get into that playoff. Um, I think Harris only shot four under at the final round, and and Neiman just stormed back from, he must have been nine back to serve, five back to start the day at least. So uh, he just got stupid hot, and Harris pulled it out in the playoff. But Harris is another one of those dudes. He went to Georgia. He's a uh, bomber of the ball, big dude, probably 6'2", 6'3". Hits it a long way, and he was really highly touted coming out of college and then kind of struggled, hit a little low spot, and and it just goes to show you how he can persevere, and um, he's just been a, a fun guy to watch, so congrats to him. Yeah, so now we're going to preview this week's tournament, the uh, Sony Open in Hawaii at Wailai, Wailai. Um, one interesting fact I found about this tournament is uh, seven of the past nine winners of this this week's Sony Open, which it always follows the tournament, um, the Century Tournament of Champions, has have played in the Tournament of Champions. So if you guys are out there and you don't want to take our bets, no offense to us. <laughs> um, like I said, I had to make a deposit on DraftKings this morning, but. If you're picking, a, trying to pick a winner and go for a gut shot and go for a big, you know, hail mary, you want to take pro, your your best chances are to look at who played last week and take one of those guys. So um, Cam Smith won it last year. Uh, just saying, he's he's in the field again this week and and been playing some good golf out around America and now he's back. So um, he will be uh, in this field. But I'm gonna start out. We're gonna give you guys three picks each. Um, we're gonna go a couple of top tens and then give you guys a shot at a winner. So our, you know, we're not gambling professionals, if you will, but basically you want to put like a unit or half a unit, whatever you bet, ten dollars, five dollars, twenty dollars on these top tens because they're more likely to hit. Obviously, why they're they're less odds, but and then you want to toss like two, three, four bucks on a winner because. Generally speaking, if one of the guys that we give you the top 10 hits, they're going to cover your other bets, and then you get a shot at a winner. So I'm going to start out, Mitch, my guy, uh, top 10 on DraftKings Sportsbook. He's plus 188, so that's risk $10 to win 1880 total. Uh, Sun JM. Uh, he's only won once on tour. He won once last year at the Honda Classic, which is a very similar setup to the one we'll see in Hawaii this week at Wiley. It's only a par 70. It is over 7,000 yards, so a long course. Um, but basically, a lot of guys, a lot of course, that's not long. Seven thousand yards at a par seventy feels pretty uh, long yeah, to me. It, it, it's it, well, Kapalua played seventy six hundred yards, so that I don't give a shit. Like seven thousand yards is not long by tour standards. But okay, by by tour by my standards, seven thousand at a par seventy is oh, long. Yeah, even in Col- even in Colorado. Um, so Sanjay, I mean, he's playing some good golf, and he gained last week. He gained nine point five strokes tee to green and 5.2 strokes on his approach shots so he finished fifth in the tournament last week so a guy that's playing good golf and like we've told you guys before if you're going to bet on golf there's two main things to look at how good a player plays at this course or at the specific venue and how well they're playing those are usually two good recipes for success so i'm going to go sun jm plus 188 to be in the top 10 all right i like that um so for my first pick to top 10 this week at the Sony, I'm taking JT Poston. Um, not a very household name. I mentioned him earlier in the podcast, kind of a guy on the top of my head. But he's at plus 400 on DraftKings to top 10. And he won last year at the Houston Open. He had three top 10s last year. And one of them happened to come at the Sony last year where he finished uh, T4. So he's got a good track record there. And and the thing with Hualalai is it's, it's kind of a... a 
an opposite of what we saw last week in Kapalua. You can spray it anywhere at Kapalua. It's a big, long course. Um, fairways are massive. And here at Walleye, uh, there's so many well-placed palm trees and so many corners to cut. There's so many dog legs. Um, you really have to be in control of your golf ball. So you rarely see a bomber win out here. And even if they do, they're not hitting a uh, driver off a lot of tees. But it's more of a short guy's, uh, shorter hitter's course. Um, and JT's not like a short hitter, but he's not a long hitter. He's more middle of the road. But he controls his golf ball really well. Um, like I said, he top five tier last year. And he's plus 400 to top 10. So throw a little 10 spot on and make you 40 bucks right there. Boom. All right, my next pick is um, he's a great iron player, and that's kind of what, you know, he's not the greatest putter, so I'm a little bit sketchy on this pick, but I think it's a good pick for this week. Uh, Mark Leishman to be in the top 10 at plus 500, so that's risking 10 to win 50. Um, he struggles off the tee, but fair um, his fairway and iron game, he's like one of the better iron players on tour. Um, and a par 70, like when you're not playing a lot of par fives, you're hitting a lot of iron shots, I feel like... Mark Leishman's got a really good shot to finish in the top 10 this week. So take that 10 to win 50 plus 500 Mark Leishman in the top 10. All right. So I am going to go. Um, you seen that Bernie Sanders meme where it's like, I am here asking you once again. Um, I am here once again, asking you to put some action on Brendan Todd. I took him as a long shot last week. I'm sorry. If I lost you a dollar, I would have made you a thousand um, or 202. I had uh, it. What? It was a dollar to win two hundred. Last week. Mm-hmm. He's plus at plus ten thousand. Mm-hmm. Plus twenty thousand. It was a, no. It was a dollar to win a hundred, so it was plus ten thousand. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's that's just bad math on my part. Um, but he's plus four hundred to top ten. He's top ten here before, if I recall. Um, it's the kind of course that really sets up well for him. He's not a long hitter. He controls his ball flight really well, and he's great around the green. So he's uh, this course kind of sets up for guys like him and and Poston. And at plus four hundred, I feel like that's a really good value. Um, I mean, the the dude is probably low key one of the best players on tour. I think he won what three times last year, um, which is pretty elite company. So he's a, a fellow Georgia product, by the way. Um, him and Harris English played together, I think, over there at Georgia. So I like him to top 10 at uh, plus 400 this week. I love it. My last pick for a winner, uh, I'm going to go with RK, our boy Ryan Konigsberg, the DNVR Broncos guy, and uh, just one of the DNVR legends. He loves him some Colin Morikawa, and Colin Morikawa is plus 1,500 to win this week. So I'm going to take – I have really no uh, – no reason other than he played really well last week. I think he was tied for the lead or one off the lead going into Sunday and shot even par 73 on Sunday. So he, uh, I think he's playing good golf, and I'm taking one of the two variables that we go with, and I'm going to take Colin Morikawa plus 1,500 to win this week. And I also think Sunjay M finished T, uh, like T4 last week or T3 or something. So I think he's, he's in some pretty good form too. Um, so my pick for the winner, I talked about him a little bit earlier on the pod, but I got to roll with our boy Kiz. Um, he's finished well there before. He uh, It just sets up so well for his game, if you can pick up on the trend that I'm going in here. Um, 
he's a great drawer of the ball, and you do have to work it right to left a lot out there. And he's a great putter, got a great short game. He can flight it down in the wind. Um, and plus 3,000 for a guy like that, I think that's uh, that's a really good value there. So I'm taking kids plus 3,000 to win the whole thing. Love it. I hope this is one of those tournaments that he feels like he can also win. <laughs> oh, I think, yeah, this is on the short list of the tournaments he thinks he can win. So that's that's good news for us betters. I love it. So go download the DraftKings Sportsbook, use the code DNVR, and get those bets in. All right, that is it for us this week. We appreciate you guys listening as always. We will talk to you next week. We'll recap this week's Sony Open. Well, hopefully you guys got some more money in your pockets. And make sure you guys follow us on all the social medias at DNVR underscore golf. Follow our TikTok. And follow anything else at Big Drive Spence at Big Drive Mitch. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. For Spencer Smith, I am I am Spencer Smith. Whoa, this, b- beers are starting to hit me. Uh, This is Mitchell Smith, and we are out.